The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. All I want for Christmas is purpose. Got a picture here. I got a glass here. What if I didn't know the purpose of each one of these? What if I tried to drink out of the picture, put it up like that, and the water spilled all over me, frustrated me, just made me miserable? What if I had a bunch of people over to my house and it just filled up everybody's water glass out of this little tiny glass and everybody got about that much water? When you don't know your purpose... When you're not clear on your purpose, you frustrate yourself and you frustrate everyone else. Today, everybody, we are talking about purpose. Do you know your purpose? I want to introduce you to somebody who was really clear on their purpose. This person who I'm getting ready to read about, you find him in all four of the biographies of Jesus Christ. Like, he plays a really prominent role, and he totally knew his purpose. Let me read this to you. Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you. Who will prepare your way? A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so... John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John knew his purpose. Christ's story is tied to John's story, and John's story is tied to preparation. Did you notice how many times it said, he came to prepare, he was to prepare, he's preparing the way, make a way, make a highway, make a straight way. John knew that his purpose was to prepare for the arrival of Jesus Christ. This season that we're in has for a very long time been called Advent. And Advent means arrival. Whose arrival? Jesus's arrival. Well, we think at Christmas time, we want Jesus to show up in our lives. Like, I want to experience that. I want to experience the thrill of hope. I want to experience the joy of Christmas, the peace of Christmas. I want to experience the wonder and awe. But the question here that John would ask us, have you prepared to experience the arrival of Christ in your life? Are you ready for it? Like, Christ is ready to arrive. But John says, my purpose is really clear. I need to remind you to prepare yourself for the arrival of Jesus. Because when you have prepared, when you have cleared the way, when you've made that highway, you've made that straight way, like all the runways in your life are clear. Jesus is coming in for a landing. Once you've done that, Jesus will arrive. Our purpose is to prepare. 
Your purpose is to prepare. My purpose is to prepare. Have you ever been unprepared? Like, have you ever been unprepared for a test? You wake up one morning, oh my gosh, I forgot to prepare for the test or a project at work or a speech. For me, a sermon. I have a recurring nightmare that I'm standing up in front of a group of people and I didn't prepare a sermon and they're all waiting. And I just, in my dream, I'm like, please give me five minutes, sing another song, take up another offering, do something. And I run backstage and I'm trying to quickly prepare and I can't think and people are interrupting me. and I just need to prepare. And I wake up and I'm sweating because it's an absolute nightmare. Have you ever had guests over to your house and you weren't prepared for the arrival? Have you ever had guests over your house and they showed up early? Isn't that so frustrating? Have you ever forgotten to prepare for an anniversary or a birthday? Ooh, that can burn you badly. How about a trip? My two kids are so alike and so different all at the same time. Our daughter, when she was three years old, she would prepare beautifully plaque her suitcase Three days before we'd ever leave. It was great. She thought of everything. She had a list going, blah, blah, blah. If we were to leave on a trip at 8 o'clock in the morning, my son would start preparing at 8.05 in the morning. We're pulling out of the garage, and he's running out of the house with a plastic trash bag that he's thrown all kinds of stuff in. And because he started a music business when he was still 15 years old, he ought to always take his laptop and a fax machine and he'd throw the laptop and throw the fax machine into this plastic trash bag and he looks like Santa Claus coming out of the house carrying this stuff. And because he was never prepared, like this would always happen. He would always bring the wrong clothes. We're headed to the beach and there he is sitting on the beach. He's got flannel on and long pants and boots. Oh my gosh, have you ever been unprepared. We need to be prepared. I want Christ to show up in my life. I want to experience the thrill of hope and the joy of Christmas. And I have to ask myself the same question that John the Baptist is asking me. Have I prepared myself? Are you prepared for Christ to show up in your life and do something new and exciting? We need to be prepared. Now it says we should make straight ways. And other translations like the old King James says, make a highway. What is it about highways and preparing highways that we all know living in Washington, D.C.? There is so much construction work on roads around here. When's the last time you drove west on Route 66? Oh, my goodness. I was looking at it the other day. Traffic's terrible, so you have a lot of time just to kind of look around and see what's going on. I think there's going to be 20 lanes out there. But in the preparation phase, it is a painful phase because you're sitting in a lot of traffic. Preparation is painful, can be very painful, necessary, but it's very, very painful. Now, John says that we should prepare ourselves for a baptism of repentance. Repentance, that's a very scary word. Why should we repent? Well, before I get into this repentance and the baptism thing, I I just want to talk about the why we should even think about doing something that sounds so scary. Because baptism And repentance is tied to a new beginning, like a fresh start. You and I becoming brand new versions of ourselves over and over and over again, not just once, but this constant renewal state of something new and exciting going on in our lives. Jesus was baptized. When was he baptized? He was baptized during the time that he was changing vocations. 
He had been a carpenter, and now he's beginning his ministry as rabbi and savior. And as he goes through this vocation change, one of the reasons he gets baptized is to celebrate a brand new chapter in his life. You and I, you and I have a brand new chapter for our lives, and it's tied to a baptism of repentance. So where is John baptizing? The Jordan River. And that's not by accident because the Jordan River is where everything began. When they left slavery in Egypt and then they're wandering in the desert, how do they get to the land that they're finally headed to? They cross the Jordan River. The Jordan River is where the brand new start, where it all begins. A brand new chapter, a fresh start, a clean slate. And so what is John saying? We got to go back to that Jordan River again. We've done a lot of stuff. We need to confess it and we need to start over again and we need to go to the Jordan River. Now, just a couple of weeks ago, a couple dozen of us from Grace went to the Jordan River. I want you to check this out. Hey, Grace, there's 22 of us here from Grace Community Church and we're having an absolute blast in Israel. I am standing here at the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized, where John the Baptist brought out a bunch of people. This is an olive tree. These are real olives. I'm not going to eat one because I just never do that kind of stuff. I'm freaked out about it. But the Jordan River represents the new things God wants to do in our lives. Water represents His Word. We immerse ourselves in, in His Word. And God does a brand new thing all the time. So we baptize about 10 people here today. We're getting ready to baptize a bunch of people there in Arlington. And we're celebrating the new things that God has for you. Wasn't that awesome? It was so great to be at the Jordan River with a bunch of my friends from Grace Community Church and to be baptized. That is where the new beginning actually begins. Just like birth. It's like when a woman gives birth and the water breaks, there's water associated with new birth. So what does all this mean together about the baptism of repentance and a brand new you? I want to go back to verse number five of Mark one. And let's see what it says about repentance and baptism. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. What did they do when they went out to him? Confessing their sins, they were baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River where it all began. So let me throw some words out at you. Repentance, baptism, confession, a new beginning, Rosh Hashanah, what's that? That's the biblical new year. That's where the brand new beginning, the brand new year begins. Judgment and joy is associated with Rosh Hashanah. Judgment, what's that all about? We'll get into more of that uh, next week. But these concepts are all tied together. If I want to experience a new beginning, if I want to begin a new chapter in my life, if I feel apathetic, if I feel like, you know, my life, I just, what's going on? I'm a little bit of a, a malaise here. You know what I'm saying? I want something new. I want something fresh. I want something exciting. It's probably because I need to confess and go through the process once again of what baptism truly means. Let me say something here. I think this is important. Until you confess who you are, you won't become who you are. I'll say that again. Until you confess who you are, you won't become who you are. Now, let's think about Adam and confession. Way back at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. Adam makes a big mistake. He sins. 
And when he sins, he realizes he's naked and he's hiding. And then what does God do? God shows up and says, Adam, where are you? Now, did God not know where Adam was? No, that's not, that's not the point. He's hiding. Why is he hiding? Is he hiding because he doesn't want God to see truly who he is? Or is he hiding because he can't bear to see who he really is? Do we have problems looking at who we truly are? All of us, with good and bad, with the positive things about ourselves and the sinful things about ourselves, do we have a problem? Yes, we do. We know this. Actually, science tells us this, but let's not go there right now. We have a problem. It hurts to take a look at who we are. So God shows up. He's like, Adam, what happened? What did you do? Did you eat from the tree? And then what did Adam do? He points his finger. Eve did it. You know what? What's that meaning? It's telling us in the scripture that we have a really, really hard time confessing. Truly confessing, saying, you know what? Yes, I confess. I sinned. I, and then name it. I was ungrateful for all the trees that I had, and I had to have this one more thing. I'm greedy. I'm greedy. So he points at Eve and says, that woman that you gave me, because he couldn't bear to look at himself. And then what did Eve do? She got the finger out as well, and she pointed. She said, God, that serpent that you that you gave me, she did the same thing because she couldn't confess either. She couldn't bear to look at herself. And then you got the snake standing there, and he doesn't have any fingers, so he just, he can't, you know, he can't do anything. He couldn't pass the buck on to anybody else. Confession is very, very hard for us to do. They wouldn't confess, and so they couldn't experience a new beginning. They couldn't be enlivened. They couldn't experience the thrill, the hope, the joy of Christ entering in to their lives and bringing something new and fresh, right? Cain is the same thing. He couldn't confess either. God's like, hey, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. He's like, no, no. But who does get to experience something brand new? Jacob. God says to Jacob, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. I am a deceiver. He confesses that he is a deceiver. And God says, bingo, we're going to change your name from Jacob, deceiver, to Israel. That's where the name comes from. Right in that moment, brand new start. Got a whole new people. A whole new nation comes out of that. It goes way beyond him. That's how powerful new beginnings are. Does God have a new beginning for you? How about Judah? The first time in all of scripture. We have a public confession of fault in sin. I did it. I was wrong. This is specifically who I am and what I did wrong. The first public confession. And what happens? Judah becomes the leader in the Bible. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. You see, everybody, when we confess, it's powerful. It's painful, but it's powerful. It's a good thing, but it's a hurtful thing, but it's a good hurt. everybody let's let's bring this home confession is really important you can't think it you got to speak it you can't think it you got to say it like the ancient biblical sages would say until you have spoken out your wrongs specifically you haven't done anything like the psalmist says in psalm 32 when i kept silent i wasted away i wasted away so we have to speak it out you cannot begin again until you burn again. You cannot 
begin again until you burn again. It takes a burning. Weightlifters, they'll often say, oh man, feel that burn. How are they become, how are they not wasting away? How are they becoming more and stronger and the muscles and all that? How are they becoming bigger? Feel the burn. The burn is good. The burn lets them know that they're actually doing something, that they're making progress. Have you felt the burn? Ice. You know, a number of years ago, well, gosh, 15 years ago when I was playing basketball all the time, I hurt my knee. I went to the doctor. He says, you got a torn meniscus. You need surgery. How long can I, how long can I be out of basketball if I get surgery? Six months. I didn't want to do that. So I said, is there anything else I can do? He says, you can try icing it. I iced it every day, three times a day for 20 minutes. And I did that for over a month. And wow. I didn't have to get surgery and I haven't had any pain since. We know for a fact when people take a plunge in cold water, this is why you see athletes with ice all over their bodies. A lot of athletes, after they play their sport of choice, okay, when they're done, they plunge themselves into an ice cold bath and it hurts. It stings. But you know what? Afterwards, they feel so alive and their body renews itself. Ice is like a miracle drug, everybody. It burns, but it burns so good and confession burns. Our brain says, oh my gosh, don't do it. Don't confess. But it's so good because that is the very thing that leads you to the new beginning. And this is what John the Baptist is about. What do you need to confess? What is holding you back? Whatever you're holding back is actually holding you back. It's holding you back from that new beginning. And John says, go ahead and confess. That's how you prepare the way for Christ to enter into your life. When's the last time you confess? When's the last time you burned? You can't begin again until you burn again. How? I'll tell you what, here's a good thing to do. Ask somebody that you know, that you love, that you trust. Just say to them, hey, am I really good at owning my stuff? Am I really good at, you know, do, do I confess? Do I own things? Do I say it just like it is or do I skirt it? You know how some people say, I'm a jerk. That's who I am. They're not owning anything. They're just looking as an escape. I know. I'm sorry. They're not owning anything. Own it means that you really are serious. You regret your actions, not the consequences of your actions. You regret your actions and you own it and you, ah, I did this and it hurts and it burns so bad, but it's a, it's a good, find somebody that you know and you love and trust and ask them, am I good at owning my stuff? I did that with Krista. I said, Hey, Krista, I just need to know, honestly, am I good at owning my stuff? Do I just say it right out? You know what Krista said? She said, no. And then I had to really wrestle with a sad reality. And that reality was this. I couldn't trust Krista anymore. <laughs> no, no. Okay. I'm being serious. Um, we have to wrestle with this because we will not experience that new beginning, that purpose-filled life, the joy of freedom until we get good at confession on a regular basis. Whatever you are holding back is holding you back. It's like the Roman soldiers who were baptized. Like, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And when they would get baptized, they'd go down in the water. Everything would go in the water except for their sword. They're like, Jesus can have everything except for this part of me. Whatever you are holding back is holding you back. Don't hold back. Get fully immersed in the water. Just go all in. If it's been a long time since you burned in a good way, because of confession. And it's probably been a long time since you began afresh again.
I want to encourage you right here as we're marching towards Christmas 2022 and a brand new year 2023 to prepare for Christ to do a new work in your life. We all want it, but here's the way we go about it. Let's be bold. Let's burn again so we can begin again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God that you're so patient with us, that you're so loving with us. Help us as we wrestle with this, as we head towards Christmas. Give us the strength to confess whatever it is that's holding us back. In Christ's name, amen.